You're listening to the Geek Legacy Escape Pod. The crew coming together and gelling and becoming this like you know intergalactic family that we know and love. And wacky mayhem ensues. It just feels like they're trying so hard to capture the fans of the original series. Yeah, that was hot garbage. It, he just got like weird, like creepy uncle weird. That was a bold choice. Yeah, I, I had fun with it. It's true. It was the 80s. It must be so bad that they just never <laughs> You won't make it in the future, do they? I don't think so, no. I am not a Tashi R fan. That's probably the nicest thing I will say. That is absolutely perfect way to describe <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, geek boys and girls. Welcome back to another episode of Geek Legacy's Escape Pod, where we talk about Star Trek The Next Generation as we revisit it from episode one all the way through all seven seasons. We are currently on season two, episode four, and uh, boy, are we having some fun with this one. I am your host, Randy Van Dyke, and I am joined by the two best people you would ever want to be trapped into Escape Pod with, Mr. Justin Cavender. How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing really good, Randy. Hey. <laughs> He's doing his the the comic routine from the show um, hey. with his little hand hand motions. Fucking Joe Piscopo <laughs> and our other host, Mr. David Edmondson. How are you doing, sir? I am amazing. Thanks for having me in this escape pod. It's uh, it's a lot more roomy. I feel like there was an increased budget in season two, and uh, there's 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 more amenities. I feel like we've we've evolved. We got indoor plumbing this season. You don't have to put your indoor plumbing put, in space. Exactly. You don't have to put your rear up to the uh, the vac tube anymore. We actually <laughs> that sounds have a, dangerous. A, <laughs> you don't have to. You get to. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks your insides out. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I would so, need an inner door and then an outer door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I want the whole airlock experience, please. <laughs> when I when I evacuate my my valves. Yes. All right, so getting getting back on on track here. Um, all right, season two, episode four, "The Outrageous Akana" is the name of the episode. It originally aired on December tenth, nineteen eighty eight. Has six point three stars according to IMDb. And <laughs> here is the blurb, <laughs> as read last week. But uh, let's revisit it now after having watched the episode. The Enterprise rescues the captain of a broken-down freighter, only to become involved in a dispute between feuding worlds, each demanding custody of their guest. Data seeks help from Guinan in understanding humor. Which was what I would definitely call the B-story in this episode. Um, so hooray for everybody who has uh, Data or Guinan, I guess. M- mostly Data uh, on your <laughs> on your uh, bingo cards there. Um so let's see who, who I have data. Hey, look at that. Ding, ding. Bonus points. Um, so Robert Becker was the director of this episode, and it was written by Burton Armas. And I want to say both of those, and I think we even pointed it out last week. I think both of those were uh, first timers with us. Yeah. Long time watchers, first time directors. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that could be a good thing. That could be a bad thing. Um, but I- I'm going to let you guys know up front. And I know we've done this sometimes. But we've been a little bit of gun shy other times. I fucking loved this episode. This episode, I'm telling you, minute one is a yay for me. Um, because it's got everything you could possibly want. It's got a charming rogue, uh, a very like 
a little bit more womanizing kind of character than like your Han Solo or your Lando Calrissian. Maybe a little bit more like Lando because this guy looks like he would fuck everything. Um, and it's made even better by by the fact that it's played by Billy Campbell, who is fucking the Rocketeer. Uh, which I didn't realize as we were wa- as I was watching the episode. I'm like, what do I know that guy from? How why is he so charismatic? Why do I already love this guy? And then I re- then I realized, holy shit, the Rocketeer. That's why. Um, it's just a wonderful character. Um, God, we had a uh, fun guest appearance by uh, Terry Hatcher getting getting seduced by by this guy. Um, it was just a lot of fun. So. Um, I, I, I had a tremendous good time uh, with this episode, and it's got fucking Joe Piscopo in it. Uh, trying to teach Data how to, how to be funny, how to be like a stand-up uh, comedian, and it's just so cringeworthy that you have to kind of adore it in a way. At least I did. <laughs> it's interesting you, you you give such glowing reviews to it. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a hardening. I would say I'm pro- I'm, I'm I may be up for grabs. Uh, I, I love the B story of Data trying to be funny. Just him just being a, a robot, just being like, "Take my wife, please." Type, type like uh, old school comics, or when uh, he's learning from Piscopo, and he's like, "He's like, okay, amphibian luggage is funny." <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and so stuff like that, or when he was like ingesting all the information, he's like, "Faster, faster!" And then Piscopo was just like. <laughs> Um, so yeah, kind I, of a space really moment had, right there. <laughs> it really was. So I really, I really enjoyed the the B story. Uh, you know, Terry Hatcher is 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 maybe on my Mount Rushmore of people that I had like a big crush on when I was younger. Um, so it was great to see her like like young Terry Hatcher as like the chief transporter tech. I think is what her her title is, uh, uh, like Lieutenant Robinson or something. Um, but yeah, I don't know the the. The the rogue stuff was I, I liked it at the beginning and then it, it got it got a little a little muddled in the middle and then by the end I was kind of like eh, I don't know about this so uh, so I would say I am I am in play but leaning towards nay and I meant to rhyme that <laughs> all right all right so that it's good to know that you have an open mind and you could potentially be swayed um, I don't of course don't even with good... the star of the Rocketeer. Yes, <laughs> even with. Um, now I haven't I haven't prepared you know, a, a grand argument to try to to sway you or change your mind in any way, um, but I'm hoping that you know just talking about how much fun we had with the episode here that might might do the trick for you, uh, Justin. What was your overall? Yeah, I mean I thought it was pretty silly. I definitely like the data moments, especially the arm shaking. I thought that <laughs> was like this is my favorite. He even does like the the Carson. Swinging the golf club kind of yeah. thing. I, I thought that was cute. Um, but even even just the... I think it was like once the crew uh, brought over the the two... I don't even know what they're called. Those two families that are at odds mm-hmm. with with um, Captain Okana. Um, it, it seemed like there was going to be more to it, but because we've all heard that story before, like a, like a Romeo and Juliet sort of scenario where family A is anti-family B, but the children of said families are in love with each other. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't like... The, I'm with Dave. I, I guess the long story short is <laughs> I don't like the main story, but I like the B story. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize that was going to take me so long to articulate. I apologize. That's, no, that's all right. <laughs> 
And like, you know, it, it could have been a meal, but like, I feel like they kind of dropped a ball or something. Sorry, Dave, you cut out, but it sounds like you think that something was there, but then they dropped the ball. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, I think that like the structure is there. I, I think the idea is sound, um, and I, I just think the execution was poor. Like I, I enjoyed watching, you know, the quote unquote rogue Okona go go through the. Uh, I even I even like when he talks to Picard. And he's like, "Are you mad at me because am I in trouble because of my social interactions with your crew?" And he's like, "You can socialize with whoever from my crew you want to." <laughs> Maybe <Made me> smile. <laughs> I I just I okay so I. Of, of the entire Enterprise crew right now, um, who who's there week to week between episode or between season one and now, I mean Riker's the one that's sitting there swinging his dick the most. I mean he is the one that's putting it out there that is just like, you know, he is the ladies' man of this Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And when you see him looking at this this Captain O'Connor and see him just pulling the ladies and just see him just sweet talking and charming everybody on the ship. Even Riker was just sitting there like smiling and shaking his head. Like, yeah, look at him go. You know, right. it's like game respects game. And, uh, and I, I think Riker had, uh, had a little bit of more respect for this, this rogue of a captain uh, because of it. So I don't know. I kind of got a kick out of that. I got a kick out of like the smiles that he got from everybody. Fucking Wesley Crusher staring at him with wide eyes and like, wow, I bet he gets so much tail kind of thing. It's just obviously he doesn't say that, but (laughs) it's just that's that's the impression that you get that like everybody loves this guy. And it's not even just like it's not even just like to get into the the lady crew members pants. It's like he's sitting there talking with Jordy and just like, um, you know, making him smile, making him feel special, you know, for for knowing the right thing to say and the right thing to do to repair this broken part that he brings out of his ship over to the Enterprise for them to fix for him. You know, it's just right. like I he's got, I got sweet the talking. They everybody. all wanted to hate him, but they couldn't. Like he was just too charming. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, and we, he had that dream. I have to. Exactly. I have to imagine we've all known somebody like that. It's just like, God damn, this fucking guy. And then you're around him and you're like, all right, because he's just like, he knows the right buttons to push to kind of like, make you feel good about yourself or make you feel just, you know, good in general. Um, but they're maybe the loud, obnoxious type that you just don't want to be around all the time. So you don't want to like them. I don't know. Um, and I get that. And I, I totally get that. And if, and if I were around that guy in real life in person, um, maybe I would see through it as just kind of some kind of smarmy ploy, but, um, you are that that guy in real life. I, well, maybe, maybe in a former life. I don't know. <laughs> I've I think I've. Be- I, I, well, okay, this is true, but I've become way too jaded since then. I feel like so. So yeah, I, uh, I'm what, a little bit. Oh, good. I was gonna say I'm a little bit more of the Picard of the situation now. Just like, uh, get to, you know, get to it and get the fucking kids off my bridge. Sure. Uh, one thing that I think that we lawn. should we should point out is that uh, Okana is an honorable man in that. He was not going to, uh, you know, betray any sort of trust, and he w- he actually chose a punishment, and like you know, because he's like, I didn't steal this shit, but I'm not going to get into your family drama, so I guess I'll just marry this girl. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. So yeah, when when the two warring 
families, let's call them, yeah. um, come up to the Enterprise, uh, who, who has uh, Captain O'Connor's ship in a tractor beam. Uh, they're dragging it around. It's a giant fucking freighter. I mean, when you look at the size of it next to the Enterprise, it looks huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and for him to be in it, like, absolutely by himself just felt weird that there's no other crew. But anyway, so these other two ships roll up, and, um, you know, one is this angry father with a pregnant daughter blaming O'Connor for, for knocking her up. And then the other one is an angry father with a son who who something he calls him a thief and you and i don't know at least for me i was kind of thinking like well did, did was he like sexually involved with the son too like is he like is he totally lando at this point in time just effing everything um but is there no a pregnant there a, droid somewhere around is here there a pregnant droid exactly <laughs> um so so then we've come to find out that that he supposedly had stolen this precious jewel that was like the birthright of their family. It was like this royal jewel kind of thing. Um, and, you know, like like you guys were saying, he Captain O'Connor was willing to take the uh, the punishment and do the right thing, quote unquote, and be the honorable man to marry the pregnant woman, even though he knew he maybe he did sleep with her at some point, but even though he thought he knew that he didn't uh, get her pregnant he was in fact kind of covering up for the prince the other guy who uh actually knocked her up the son of the angry father from the two warring families mm-hmm. and uh they, he was the, like the the intermediary that was going to be passing the jewel over <laughs> to the woman um as like a a, a marriage offer from from the prince from the other family so it's it's kind of like he was the middleman who wronged neither side and once they were all together in a room and were talking about it like adults they were able to to figure shit out and and straighten it all out and i mean overall it was kind of a silly cheesy um way of doing it you know having this crazy swashbuckling rogue in the middle of it all but um i guess when you look at the message of it you know, rather than jumping to conclusions and going off half cocked and trying to uh, just dispense punishment, um, you know, maybe it's better to get all, all parties in the room and try to to discuss it and, and work things out and uh, figure things out that way. So maybe maybe the A story, maybe you didn't like it so much because maybe it was done kind of clumsy or in a cheesy, silly way, but it still had a pretty decent message. Mm hmm. Yeah, see, I felt like, like O'Connor knew, like, the truth and that he knew that he he knew how to play the players involved. And he knew that by proposing marriage to the lady he had no interest in marrying, it would it would bring out the other prince who, who, he, who he clearly knew was was in on both parts of the, uh, right. the, the scheme. But I guess maybe I'm giving him more credit than he deserves. Yeah, I was under the impression that he knew, too, and that at least... Because like the the prince was like, or the other the son or whatever, he was like, "What? You can't do that!" <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute now, you can't marry her. It was it was kind of funny. So yeah, I was under the impression that he was like kind of helping them both out in some weird way. Oh no, absolutely, and I I, I didn't mean to imply that he wasn't doing that, but yeah, I, I think that's just kind of that 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 just kind of encapsulates that he's not a bad guy, right? And, just and playing the part. He is a likable character and yeah, he might be a little brash. He might, you know, have a, a weakness for the ladies, but uh, you know, when it comes to, he's not a thief, you know, he doesn't knock a lady up and run. So I don't know. Um, I like how those two ships that could do absolutely nothing to the enterprise. were like, we're going to blast you out of the sky. 
Yeah. yeah. Worf was basically just laughing at him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like, try. Now, is, is Okana only in one episode, or is he in a couple? Do you know the answer to that? I do not. I have no idea. Um, and I would rather not know, because I want to be surprised if he shows up again. Oh, I know the answer. But I won't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you won't tell us. Secrets. Well, well I can you tell you, you, but I won't tell Randy. No, you can go ahead, you can go ahead and, and say it. It's fine. Does he he is in him? one episode. Okay, that's fine. He only he never, seemed like he a only, one and done. It does. It does. And at that point in time, I guess he wasn't really a star at that point in time. This no. Terry, maybe Terry Hatcher gets pregnant. He's got to come back to 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 weasel his way out of this baby too. Yeah, he impregnated half of the Enterprise in like the the two days he was there. He's but, he's a nice guy, uh, Billy Campbell. That is, and I, I know I talked to him at least once at Comic Con uh, oh, nice. when he did that show Helix. I don't know oh, if you remember that. Cool. It was like that virus show in the Arctic or something. I do vaguely remember that show. Yeah. So I know you guys had already talked about it, and I don't know how much more there is to say about it, but um, but the, the B storyline with Data, um, it was a lot of fun. It was a damn treat. Um, so if nothing else, there there's that to look forward to. Um, going down the bingo card uh, situation, did you guys hear Riker say "engage" when he referred to the tractor beam? Yeah, and I I counted it. I, okay. I I think I think I think it should count. You know, it was a it was like a like an engage order. So I I, th- right. I think that's kind of where I think we'll put the definition when you know it's it's kind of a, an order engage. Uh, I think it'll count even though the ship wasn't jumping. To warp, um, you know, uh, engage a tractor beam. I think also counts. So uh, okay. I definitely did count that. So so we got one more engage. So we're up to three engages for the series this season so far. Uh, of course, you know, uh, once we hit fifteen, you know, Randy's at it, and after twenty-two, I'm out of it, and I think it's twenty-five is Justin's out of it. So uh, once it goes over, maybe we'll like restart the clock or something. It's uh, the golden snitch. That'll get me my five thousand points, and I'll win this game. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because price is right rule. So as long as you're under, so yeah. Once it, <laughs> one, once it hits twenty-three, Justin wins. The tie, but remember, that's the tiebreaker. So <laughs> Justin's got to get some more points because uh, he unfortunately still only has one point for last week's episode. Uh, Randy did well, pick up. Okay. No, if it's if it's if it's Price is Right rules, then it has to hit twenty five or up. Otherwise, if it hits twenty three, then then David would win. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we have to hit twenty five. Yeah, you are correct. Yes, yeah. so once we hit twenty five, you are the winner. Uh, but yeah, that's. Uh, uh, so yeah, so this week uh, there was one engage, as we mentioned. Uh, Randy gets one point for Dr. Pulaski not appearing in the episode, and I gained one point for the B story being a data-centric uh, B story where he learns how to be a comic and all that stuff. Uh, it was interesting because you know I thought that the B story could have very easily have been Data and Pulaski, you know, since they have such a contentious relationship, and I thought it would have been a good opportunity for them to start sowing the seeds of you know repairing their relationship and you know bringing it you know from a from a point of intolerance to acceptance um but you know i'm always happy to have more guidance i think uh i think 80s and 90s will be goldberg's pretty uh pretty great absolutely couldn't agree more yeah well, so that sounds so, good. yeah so we're currently at uh it's i have four randy has two justin has one what and that one is uh it's a pretty loosey goosey one, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my asterisks. No, no asterisks. So, you got a point. Just like when the Dodgers won the World Series last year, you know they only played sixty games. It still counts. It, it, I keep adding it, but you keep deleting it. Nope, I added it. You, 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 you're the one who took it off. I added it back on. No, I mean the asterisks. I, I keep no. putting. There's no asterisks. I see it. I'm looking at asterisks right there. 
All right, so so coming down. I don't, to... I don't mess with your sheet, Justin. Don't mess with my sheet. <laughs> when it comes down to the uh, to the voting, um, you guys were both nays coming into it. Uh, did any of this change your mind whatsoever? Or you I didn't get a point, it? so I'm not giving it a yay. This is a terrible episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I even got a point, and I I think I'm still a nay. I mean, a very very razor thin nay. You know, like a, a fifty one forty nine. Uh, I definitely think it had merit. It's it's it's. It, it may be my favorite episode of the season because I think I've been nay on every episode this season so far. Um, but uh, yeah, it's still an A. All right. Well, I'm lone wolf in it with my yay. Good if job, nothing man. else, purely for uh, for for Billy Campbell, for my boy the Rocketeer, um, and just a fun storyline, you know. So I had a good time with it. A and B tickled my tickled my funny bones. So. Um, but ultimately, we are we are left with a nay for the episode overall. So that brings us to an episode two total of three nays and one yay. So out of our four first four episodes, it's starting to look a lot like season one. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. That's all right. Um, we're I, I think we judged season one a little bit uh, harsh at the beginning, and then we got a little way too loose on it at the end. So um, maybe we learned our lesson, and we're a little bit more critical this time around. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay trying to keep that. my in, my integrity. I, f- I feel like in the like the the early mid part of season two, I just kind of got in a mode to where like I just don't want to sh- completely shit on the series, and so it was kind of like, well, if I even kind of enjoyed it, I gave it a yay. So there were a couple episodes that you know, in hindsight, I I, I may have over over yayed it when it should have been an A, but so I'm trying not to do it this time. You know. Yeah. So next week we have uh, episode five to look forward to. It's called Loud as a Whisper. It's rated 6.5 stars. Uh, the crew ferries a deaf mediator to Soleus Five to negotiate an end to a civil war. So yay, political episode. Um, but that should be interesting. Um, looking at the, uh, the info on this one, it looks like... Uh, we have directors Larry Shaw um, and writer Jacqueline Zambrano, which I don't think we have. I think those are both first timers. So, right. yeah. exciting. What's it rated? Six point five stars. So, like, <laughs> it's point two stars higher than the one we just watched. Oh shit! So that's good for all you fence voters. <laughs> yeah. All right. Can't wait. So, sweet. Take us yeah. out. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And uh, if you like geeky shit, I highly recommend listening to our Mothership podcast, the one that we fucking escaped from. Uh, and that is the Geek Legacy podcast proper, where we talk about geeky movies and TV shows and just anything that falls under the geeky umbrella. And uh, we'll be coming at you next week with some more Star Trek goodness. Hopefully you'll be around to join us as we drift into space. With Star Trek The Next Generation. Wrong show, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess, all right.